Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. This is episode number 440 for Tuesday, the 23rd of February, 2016. So nice to see you. I'm Robbie. Say hello to Shelly Da Silva. Hi. Hi, guys. All over the United States. Yeah. I want to bring up, I was saying before the show, I want to bring mm-hmm. up our viewer location map in just a couple minutes' time after our intro. Uh, what have we got coming up tonight? Well, we have the, we're looking at the 20 years of the GNU manipulation program by uh, continuing our 20 week of GIMP tip series. Uh, tonight, we're going to continue learning about the rotation of uh, images. We're correcting them here, right? Using corrective, corrective rotation. rotation. You really think so. we're going to have time for that? We may. We Do can you squeeze think it in. We got your viewer questions. Lots yeah. of questions about the pie. So I fired up the pie. For those of you who don't know what the pie is, that's the pie. And we are going to, you know what? I just said, let's forget about everything. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's get this thing up as a lamp stack in one fell swoop. Let's I'm see excited. if we can do it in a single hour show. Let's see if it can be done. Jeff Weston is roaming the streets. Mm-hmm. Let's check him out. Thanks so much, guys. Here's what's coming up in the Category5.tv newsroom. What if an ad-free internet meant websites were no longer free to use? That's the scenario that could occur according to the Internet Advertising Bureau, the IAB. Sounds official. Simply Safe's wireless home alarm systems can be compromised with a $250 piece of hack equipment. Reading an ebook on the beach? I think I might just want to do that. Why not charge batteries at the same time? Thank you, I will. Facebook, they're starting to feel a little bit of a responsibility to help users struggling with suicidal thoughts, and they're gonna do something about it. And beware of hacked iOS. That's not a new topic. Anyway, if you're gonna be downloading Linux Mint on Saturday, you need to know what's coming up. Stick around, the full details are coming up later in the show. And yes, this is the man cold version of the news. This is Category 5 Technology TV. This is Category 5 Technology TV. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson. Hi, I'm Shelly. Shelly, we will eventually add you to the intro. Oh, oh, I'm not there? You're not there yet. Oh, great. What gives? I don't know. I'm here, though. Here I am. I suppose, I suppose if viewers send money, then we'll, we'll pay well, somebody to oh, we'll put together a new intro. There. there you go. Yeah, just chuck you in there, yeah. just like that. Just, just we'll a just head. Add, yeah, just kind of crop your head over top of, like, Somebody's. maybe Krista. Because <laughs> no, she's not with us anymore, so that works. Um, hey to everybody. Uh, we were talking about the viewer location map. It's map.cap5.tv. And just amazing to see everybody watching tonight in the United States. Wow. And this is why we joke, you know, if everyone sent a quarter, um, and it's not even really a joke, but look at all of these viewers, and we appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, it would only take uh, about a 1,000 people, all given 25 cents, I believe is the math. And then uh, you'd be... Uh, you'd be covering our bills every mm-hmm. single week. But hello to everybody in New York and New Hampshire. Who else have we got? Like Pennsylvania. All West over Virginia. the place. Um, the ladies from New Every Day were traveling across the United States of America. And I'm sure that they came close to, uh, to touching base with some of you as well. Uh, I'm not even sure exactly where they were. Las Vegas. Yeah. All the way to the left. Yeah, man. Look at the we look at the coast here. Oh, it's wow. like Google is waiting to load it Loaded. because it's got so many of yous. There we go. There we go. Death Valley. They. Oh yeah, out. they were at Death Valley. So there weren't actually. Believe it or not, there was nobody watching from Death Valley oh. this week. Well, there were really just a lot there, of yeah. <laughs> those cool cactuses and stuff. Whatever pictures they had with zero yeah. human life. So I understand why there's probably. Not a lot of people watching from Death, Death Valley, Valley, but reason. yeah, exactly. But there's people in Las Vegas. Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, all around the world, and uh, yeah, Google's uh, having trouble loading all the all the dots. But hey, check that out. It's map.cap5.tv. And I mentioned um, being able to contribute twenty five cents to mm-hmm. the show. And we do a broadcast. Uh, we actually have several shows that we broadcast from our studio. How many do and, we have? Oh well, more we've than got, my hand. More than okay. Oh, no. Well, no, not quite that many. 
because we're growing. Yes. We started the Category 5 TV network, mm-hmm. I guess, season eight. We're now in season nine. Um, so Technology TV is our flagship. We've been yep. doing this show since 2007. Mm-hmm. And then we decided, hey, it's time to expand. We've got all this great material. We've got great people that volunteer with us. And so we want to do more. So we've got New Every Day. I mentioned that show. Mm-hmm. Carrie Webb was a former uh, co-host on Category 5 TV, season end of great season gal. one. She's wonderful. Uh, end of season one, right through season two, I believe yep. even into season three, okay. um, she was co-hosting the show here. Mm-hmm. And now she's got her own show with... Uh, her friend uh, Jen Wagger mm-hmm. and uh, that's been going really well they're almost a year in if you can believe so we've been doing that every Whoa. single week for the past 40 Fridays 40 Fridays 40 some odd Whoa. I think we're up to like 43 44 somewhere in there so Nuts. if you can imagine there, so there's another show that we've been doing every single week for mm-hmm. you um, and uh, you know it costs money to do what we do yep. not to I know you want to count but okay new every day we've mm-hmm. got uh, creation today as well okay. we've got the pixel shadow mm-hmm. and category 5 technology TV those are our four weekly shows mm-hmm. so we bring out a brand new episode every single week then we have some other shows that we are trying to bring out um, that are a lot of you know they have a lot of production mm-hmm. uh, work that go into them yep. so we uh, we haven't gotten them to the point where they're a weekly show just yet, but we're working on it. But still uh, under the hub, eh? Yeah, and so we'll we'll yeah. get there with those shows as well. Um, but it's a growth effort, and we're all volunteers here, and uh, and it does cost money. And we're not making we're not at the point where we're our contributions and our advertising are mm-hmm. covering our expenses yet. And I do my best to keep our expenses low. Okay. Um, so we do, uh, we, you know, I'm, I'm mindful of what we purchase to review. I'm mindful mm-hmm. of how much we spend at the studio and what equipment we use. We haven't up, do, done any upgrades uh, as of late. We're really being careful with the money mm-hmm. that is um, entrusted to us. Uh, but we're not quite making the bills, and it's been a, a rocky couple months that way. So, so we're really turning to viewers to mm-hmm. say, if you contributed 25 cents per episode, uh, which is uh, of this show. So we're not even asking of every show, mm-hmm. just of, of this show. So once a week, if you contributed 25 cents, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't work out to a whole lot per month. But it, power in numbers, you saw the map, mm-hmm. um, it yeah. would make a, a substantial difference. Totally. If we had just 1,000 people doing that, all of our bills would be paid. And we'd be smooth sailing. So then advertising revenue can help us to get those upgrades to finally um, do some things that we've been wanting to do for a long time. Get Mm -hmm. some of those other shows like The Show Show, uh, The Drone Zone really started up. The Drone Zone is a really exciting one. (laughs) I'm excited about it, especially as spring is approaching. If you're into quadcopters and flying and things like that, um, The Drone Zone is going to be a lot of fun because it teaches you how to work your way from something like a teeny drone up to Mm -hmm. a professional drone. How to shoot video with them, how to fly them without crashing how to use the gps systems and ultimately how to build your own quadcopter and do repairs to your quadcopter so it's an exciting show but Mm -hmm. you can imagine it costs a fair bit of money to produce a show like that because we've got to have the assets to be able to put it together Mm -hmm. Uh, we do have a bunch of these teeny drones they're much less expensive and anyone who contributes uh the first 100 people who contribute through our patreon page you're going to be entered into a contest to win two of these. And these are a load of fun. So you can actually, you and I could race mm. with the two drones. And um, <laughs> that's amazing. We lost it. I'm going to actually take a picture and superimpose that for you now. Ah, uh, that's hilarious. It's actually it, the, the remote lost connection and, and and it actually touched the light and it got stuck in the light in the ceiling light i love it but the nice thing about teeny drones is you can do stuff like that and after this That's show great. i'm gonna reach up and yeah. grab it and gonna i'm gonna keep it. flying you're gonna and, see how well uh, it got stuck up there but i can keep flying it it's mm-hmm. not gonna it's not gonna break no. so anyway so you know drone zone's a lot of fun i've got teeny drones to give away mm-hmm. um head on over to patreon.com slash category five and you'll be able to support the show uh that way mm-hmm. um Great. It's a great way to support the show. The Pixel Shadow I mentioned uh, as one of the shows. It's on Roku and Cody. That's my daughter's show. And Neat. she's the youngest host on Category 5 Network. Yep. And uh, cool. she's been doing a great job. She's now uh, got 10 episodes under her belt. And that's been really exciting. She was featured on Dan TDM's show. Um, he was doing a uh, feature, um, Draw Your Comments. Funny thing. <laughs> but 
Mangle Fox 70 was featured uh, on that series yep. out of something like 110,000 um, suggestions. Hers yep. was one of three that were picked. Very nice. So, very, That's very, so very cool. cool. Yep. So she's doing really, really well with that, and, and it's been a growing community as well. Mm-hmm. So if you're not already involved in that, check out the Pixel Shadow, and you can find out more at mindtest.tv. It's a video game show. kind of like Kind of like Minecraft, uh, but it's free, open mm-hmm. source, so you can get your hands on that through the show. Neat. All right, shall we get into it? Yep. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Broadcast Network. Um, if it's tech, it's here, and we witnessed it and the funny drones. Uh, but uh, you can reach us at cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Broad- Internet Broadcasters. You can reach it at that at cat5.tv slash IAIB. Thanks, Shelley. Which is neat. We've got a couple of viewer questions that are applicable to our Raspberry Pi. So mm-hmm. I want to hit those first because we are going to be looking at the Raspberry Pi tonight. I've already got it fired up, and I'm going to SSH into the Pi. Mm-hmm. SSH, of course, is a tool that allows me to connect to uh, Linux computers in particular um, and, and basically bring up that device's terminal on my screen from any computer on my home network. Um, so being that the Raspberry Pi, as you know from previous episodes, it's been set up. Uh, episode 438, I mm-hmm. showed you how to configure that and how to expand the file system. Make sure you check that out first, and then uh, let's let's step up with, uh, with getting this thing set up as a LAMP stack. Episode 428, episode 429, I tried uh, getting this thing up and going. We had some problems because we hadn't expanded the file system first. Okay. That's where episode number, well, and then 433, I was working on it as well. Mm-hmm. 438 is where we kind of <coughs> restarted started over again, mm-hmm. wiped it, and uh, expanded the file system. And tonight, we're going to see if we can actually create the LAMP stack we like that. Lickety split. Okay? So, uh, SSH. Let's get it up on my screen here. Uh, what I want to do is simply SSH pi at, and then the IP address of your pi. It's going to ask you for your password. And I enter it, and I am in. All right, Shell. Mm-hmm. What do you got for me? We have, it could be cool if I had a widget on my Android. Oh, uh, the pie question. Sorry, oh, the they're, pie question. they're green, yeah. Okay, let's see here. I color code to make it easy to find. I have a question concerning the root of the pie. I've typed in sudo su and suddenly it looked like it was at root without making a root password. Ah, could yes. Could be a security problem? Is there a way of locking this out? Thanks, enjoy the show. Yeah, thanks. Okay, so we were talking uh, on a previous episode. I was, oh, you know, how should I connect to the Pi mm-hmm. um, as root so that I can do administrative things? And sure, okay, so let's do uh, sudo su. Is that what they're doing? So that's an interesting way to get yeah. around it because when, when you type su, it's going to ask you for the root password, and there isn't one, so you're not going to be able to do it. But because I'm the Pi user, I can run commands using sudo right? And it, and it will do it. So if I do sudo su, it will actually let me be root. Hmm. Yikes. Is there a way of locking this out? So with a Raspberry Pi out of the box, the Pi user is very insecure. Your password is raspberry, <laughs> right? You need to change that. We showed you that on episode 438. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you may also eventually want to create a new user, something with a different name, okay. and then delete the Pi user. Would probably be a good idea and run things as a different user. So I think that what we can do to, um, to avoid this type of behavior is change the behavior of sudo. So now that I'm root, okay, first of all, before I do this, this is important and I'm glad I thought of this now and not <laughs> after the fact. What did I say? root user doesn't currently have a password. Mm. So if I remove this ability, then I might actually be breaking my ability to become root and then thereby breaking my Mm -hmm. access completely to the file system. So let's first of all add a password for root. So I've gotten sudo su. Now I can type p-a-s-s-w-d for password. It's going to ask me for a Unix or Linux password for the root user because I am currently root. So let's enter that in. Enter it a second time. My password has been updated successfully. So before we do anything else, we need to confirm that that password is now working. Okay. Mm. And sorry, I didn't catch Shelley. Who did this question uh, come it from? It came from GD Franks. GD Franks, thanks for the question. We're going to try to help you out. Okay, so step one, we've added a password to root. 
now I've exited and gone as uh, into Pi. Now I'm going to type su without sudo, and it's going to ask me for my password, try the password that I just created, and confirm yes, I can now get in to my Raspberry Pi as root using the new password. Because mm -hmm. as soon as I disable sudo on the Pi user, okay. I'm going to have to become root. If I don't have a password, I'm going to have locked myself out. Okay, so now as root... Let's see if I can remember where this is located. I think it's in etc slash uh, sudoers. There it is. All right, so there's a file called sudoers. Let's scroll down and see what we find here. Oh, look at that. Pi is a sudoer. Uh, let's try commenting that out. As simple as that. So I've just put a little hashtag before that. Now let's try exiting. Now this is all experimental. This is a viewer question. So let's try that again. sudo su uh, password for pi. Entering my password for pi. And it let me become super user. Okay. So that didn't quite do it. At least, at least this time it asked me for a password. That's better than had it not asked me for a password like it did the first time. Uh, let's try that again. What else can I do here? Okay, so we've removed, we've made it so that they have to add a password. Uh, sudo allow members of group sudo to execute any command. User privilege specification root. I wonder how many of these I can just simply comment out to disable. Let's take a boo. Alright. User privilege specification. If I comment... Okay, we don't want the pseudo group. So basically what I'm doing is disabling pseudo as a, as a, a, a capability of this system. Let's try that. There we go. There we go. So what I've done, so let's become super user. And now go back to my file so that we can re uh, see what we've done. So I've turned off allow members of group sudo to execute any command. So we've turned off that so that even though pi is a member of sudo, I could just remove them from that group. Mm -hmm. But what I want to do is just turn off that feature altogether, and that's what I've said here. So forget about the user group sudo. It now becomes null and void and doesn't do anything. And I've also commented out, just for safe measure, the user pi from being able to sign in. What this one did is it allowed it to do it without a password. So by commenting out that one, it then prompted me for the pi password. By commenting out the other one, it simply says, hey, you know what? We're not going to allow the sudo group <coughs> to run super user commands. That seems to have worked. Fantastic. There we go. Done and done. Um, and, and I think out of the box, a Raspberry Pi is not very secure at all, mm -mm. Um, especially with the username and password. So it's really important if you're going to connect this thing to a network that is public mm -hmm. or, for example, the internet or um, yep. a business, an office network, you want to make sure you secure this thing. Mm -hmm. Even if you think it's just kind of doing something silly like running your TV. Mm. Right, because they're they're great for that. It's a little tiny computer that you can hang off the back of a TV, and and it's going to give you a, a full desktop environment. Well, neat. yeah, it's fantastic. But if it's not secure and it's connected to your network, and somebody could hack into it just by using Pi Raspberry <laughs> and then sudo su. Yeah. So pretty simple steps to secure yourselves, folks, and that's what we covered. So okay, next Eight. question. Thank you very much for the question, by the way. In episode 433, you were having difficulty with the sudo slash su command. Um, instead of making a password for root, as you did, so you okay. could use the, uh, the su command, you could have instead type sudo dash s and enter the password and the commands you type from then on. This is a long sentence. I'm looking. Then, dash s. then on you will need sudo in front of them. Oh, okay. So again, another way to become super user, mm -hmm. sudo dash s. Let's see if it will do it now that I see pi is not in the sudoers file. So I've resolved that problem as well. Mm -hmm. This one coming to us from Trevor. Thank you, Trevor. Um, so that change that I made to the sudoers file has resolved that issue as well. Okay. So that's fantastic.
So thank you very much for your emails, folks. Uh, it is, as I say, really important for us to secure up that pie mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, make it so that it's a little safer, but passwords are, are step one. Secure the pie. Secure the pie. First order of business. Nobody's getting a hold of my pie. <laughs> All right, shall we? What I want to do tonight is see if we can get this thing running a LAMP stack, which is Linux, Apache, MySQL, mm-hmm. and P, just guess. You'll, you'll get this one. Pi. I, no. That would be awesome, though. PHP. So PHP being the interpreter for a lot of code, like uh, WordPress, for example, mm-hmm. the software uh, that we're going to use, uh, you know, that some people are going to use on a website. So let's do it. Let's see what we can do. So now that we have to do it this way, let's log in as super user. Okay, first things first, apt get update. Notice I don't need sudo because sudo is now gone and I am actually the root user. Never run your computer as the root user. That's a bad idea, especially if you're using a desktop environment um, because basically it allows access to the entire file system, everything about your system. That's how things, that's the problem with Windows is that, or one of the problems is that it's constantly running in an administrator mode and, and it makes it too easy to become administrator so or root so that viruses and malware and things like that can get in. So Linux is a lot more secure by not running as a user that has access to resources that could damage damage your system. So by becoming super user here, I have to be really careful because I could type a command that would wipe out my entire system very, very easily. Uh, so we want to be very careful of that. And when you're done, you simply type exit and you're back as a, a non-elevated user. So you see what I did there is I um, updated my repositories, which means my computer now knows all of the latest versions of software that are available for me uh, through the internet. So now I can type apt-get install, and I can type in the names of the packages that I want to install on my computer. So this is basically a, a terminal-based um, uh, package manager, as opposed to using, say, Synaptic or Yum or something like that, or Yast2. Okay, so apt-get install, and we're building a Linux, Apache, MySQL, PHP server. Basically, that's a web server, so we're going to be able to host websites from that little tiny thing. Cool. <laughs> so, of course, we're going to need some software. First of all, Apache 2. What is it? That is a uh, piece of software that serves websites. What is it? What software is it? that serves websites. Yes. That's Apache 2. So Apache is the software. It's from Mozilla, same people that bring you Firefox. Mm-hmm. Um, but Apache is, uh, it powers most of the internet. Okay. Um, and it is, uh, it's, uh, it started to fall behind with um, the release of faster server systems mm-hmm. like Nginx and uh, Monkey and some other ones that were super screaming fast. But now Apache is getting faster again, and, and now it's, it's kind of neck and neck. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm sticking with Apache uh, because I have every faith that they are going to be just as fast as the, the next best thing. So Apache 2 is is nice, reliable web server software that's going to serve up web pages on behalf of our server. Okay, so then we also need PHP 5 is the name of the package. That is going to give us the interpreter to be able to serve PHP programs or uh, scripts uh, through Apache. So a PHP file to the browser. Then we're also going to need a MySQL server because we're going to install something like, uh, say, WordPress. So we type mysql-server. Notice that just in between each uh, package that I'm installing, I just put a space. And that's going to say, hey, okay, now next package that I want to install is... Now, because we've got PHP 5 and MySQL server, now we need to have a way for PHP 5 to, to actually connect to the MySQL server. So we're going to install... Um, one example would be PHP 5-MySQL. Now, if I hit enter on that, should detect all of those packages... There we go. No errors. Looks like there are zero to remove. I always say make sure you check which ones are going to be removed because it might be something that's going to break your system if you're not careful. Nice thing about a package manager like apt-get is that it says, okay, here is what you asked for, and we're also going to install some other stuff that's required. You'll notice that it's grabbed mysql-server-5.5, mysql-server 
dash core dash 5.5. And I didn't have to type all that. Nice thing is that the MySQL dash server mm-hmm. uh, meta pack, if you will, is telling it to just get the latest version. So get whatever's the newest. And I don't have to, I don't have to know the version. And so as they bring out you know, 5.6, 5.7, or whatever it may be, it's going to automatically upgrade because of the fact that I installed not the specific version, but instead the meta pack that says MySQL-server, latest version. So now, are you sure you want to go ahead? I'm going to say yes and hit enter. So now we are loading up on our Pi, and our Pi is uh, 192.168.0.6, no, 106, I believe it was, 106. Yeah, there it is, 192.168.0.106. So 192.168.0.106, and I'm going to hit enter, and you're going to see, oops, Google Chrome could not connect to. And I do that just so that you're going to be able to see when this is up and running, that, hey, we actually have a web server running at that address. I'm just going to leave that browser window open. We're going to refresh it after we're done this. Now, MySQL server is saying, okay, we need to have a password for the root user for your MySQL server. MySQL is a database uh, backend, so this is going to host the database for, say, uh, we're using WordPress as the example because it's an easy, easy to deploy uh, example. Hmm. The root password is the one that you're going to use to administer your database. This is not the one that you're going to use to connect your website, uh, say MySQL, uh, your um, uh, WordPress to the okay. MySQL server, because that's not safe. The root user has full access to everything. So they can create databases, they can create users, they can change permissions, they can delete users, they can delete databases, and it doesn't matter whether you, know, you can't really do anything about that. So we don't use the root user for anything else than administration. So what we're going to do is we're going to add a really nice strong password for that particular user. Just make something up. And now it's going to proceed by installing. So now we have a root user password for our MySQL database server. That's what we're going to use when we create the user that we're going to use for our website, which is going to be a lot, uh, it's going to have a lot less access. So it's not going to have the ability to create databases or delete databases or create users or delete users. It's only going to have access to its own database, which is brilliant. Nice and secure, nice and safe. Okay, so this is going through the list of all the things that I asked it to install, and it's installing them. You can see it's unpacking now MySQL client-5.5. Again, not something that I asked for, but it's detected, hey, you're going to need the client too, because you're going to need to be able to connect to this thing and administer it. So let's give you that. Uh, that's what's kind of nice about these packages and the package manager, apt-get. Totally different from deploying something on, say, Windows. Mm-hmm. where you've got to have all the installers and you've got to make sure that everything is installed and configured. It just it takes care of it all for us in a lot of ways. Neat, so it's just installing? Just installing. What could you use a Pi for while we wait for this? Okay, so we're talking about a TV. Yeah, so at work we have this gigantic... Well, they're, they're four, and they're just like a quad screen, but we oh, were nice. thinking about using the Raspberry to kind of like get that powered up. So. What is, you you have four? There's four. And is it as one, or do they have no, four separate. different things showing? What, yeah, four different monitors. Are connected. you like in trades and stocks and stuff? Like, what do you do with that? No, we're just for looks. And oh, just for to be cool. Trade shows. It's signage. Yeah. Okay. I watched the game on there one time. It was pretty sweet. It was massive. The Raspberry Pi, the one that I'm using, is the the Raspberry Pi 2B plus, and it has, as you see here, a full sized HDMI output. Mm. Yep. That's 1080p. And it will connect to the back of your TV. You can get a nice case for it, and you can mount it on the VESA mount. You can actually mount it on the back of the monitor with the four screw holes that are there. Oh. And it, it can be attached to the monitor. Or you can you know affix it. with It's so lightweight, you can affix it with a piece of double-sided carpet tape if yeah. you wanted to. Yeah, you really can. Yeah, so it, with what we're doing, we've installed a, 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 an operating system called Raspbian. We've gone with the light version because we're building an Apache server here. We're not building a desktop operating system kind of system. Okay. So you could install the full version of Raspbian. Okay. Which is free. Mm-hmm. And um, then you would have a full desktop environment. You can bring up a web browser. You can bring up whatever Each. you like. JPEG slideshow. Yeah. Perfect. 
Um, and these are available at cat5.tv slash pie. Make sure that mm-hmm. make sure your boss buys them through that link. Okay, yeah. It's a great deal. <laughs> you get everything that you need, including a nice professional case and the heat sinks and everything. Um, and that way, uh, you're also supporting the show. Mm-hmm. We also have these cool power supplies that I'm, I'm using. This is a, a nice cyber power uh, two amp. 2.1 amp power supply for the Pi, and they're fantastic as well. So you can actually plug the TV into the power outlet and then the Pi into the USB, and you'll have enough power to, to run the thing. Mm-hmm. It's almost done here. It's just kind of going through the final steps, and you see there's a lot of stuff that needs to be installed, but we're here. We're just sitting here chatting it up. Mm-hmm. That's how brilliantly easy Linux makes it to deploy an entire web server. Uh, we're just hanging out watching this thing fly by there it goes look at that look at that it's just doing its thing (laughs) sun packing this is category 5 technology tv and we are uh in the middle of episode number 440 welcome to the show if you're new here make sure you say hello join us in the chat room it's category 5 on freenode thank you so much for being here with us my name is robbie ferguson shelly da silva hi and uh, we are installing, deploying an Apache LAMP stack, mm. a full server on this Raspberry Pi microcomputer. I know you can't see it on your screen right now. It's small and the, mighty. the size of a credit card. Yeah, and it's it going to run an entire website server. How cool. It's flying along and it just finished. Look at that. Okay, so I'm not touching anything. I'm not going to touch anything. You notice I didn't type anything in there after it finished. Mm-mm. If all went well, okay, let's jump back to our computer here. Let's see what happens if I reload this page. <gasps> Ba-dum-ba! We have a working web server running on the Raspberry Pi like that. Neat. Nothing to it. Okay, so let's see if PHP is working. First of all... Says it works. Yeah. It, well, this is, this is HTML. Right. So this is, you notice what it says here, and it may not say this on your screen, but we know it's var slash www slash HTML and then index.html. So let's actually go there on our Pi, okay? As the root user, let's go to cd slash var www HTML. And if we do an ls, you see that there is an index.html. So if I make a new file, so we're going to go uh, nano. So that's going to bring up my editor, and I can give it a file name, and it will save as that file name. So let's go PHP. Uh, no, let's call it test.php, okay? So this is going to actually test if PHP is running because we're going to run it as PHP code. If PHP wasn't working, it's going to fail. Well, it's actually, no, it's not going to fail. It's going to show us an output of exactly what I'm typing here. If, however, the interpreter is running mm-hmm. correctly it's going to interpret it and actually run the code and do what I tell it to do rather than just outputting it as plain text. All right, so if we do uh, PHP info, for example, and then hit Control-O, file name to write, test.php, and then Control, uh, now just leave that, uh, you can hit Control-X to exit if you want. So now up here on our web server, slash test.php is what I called it, hit enter, and you see it actually outputs php info this is the output of that command and it tells me all about my running server and it's working fabulously well we've effectively done it we've got an http server Mm -hmm. with php running on a raspberry pi in under a half hour and i was talking through the whole thing (laughs) Amazing. After after the news tonight, we're going to see if we can connect to that MySQL server, mm-hmm. see if we can create a new user that's going to allow us to uh, to access the database server without using the root user. As we discussed, it's going to be a lot safer because we don't want to use that root user to connect. So let's ha- head on over to the streets. <laughs> literally. With, literally. Yeah. With Jeff Weston. It's Tuesday, February 23rd, 2016, and here are the top stories we're covering this week. Could an ad-free internet mean that websites are no longer free to use? It might occur, according to the Internet Advertising Bureau. Now, what if you're a hack-savvy burglar? Could you potentially break into Simply Safe's wireless home security system from hundreds of feet away? 
Yes, for just $250. What about reading an ebook on the beach? Wouldn't that be nice to charge a battery? Yes, I think I will, very much. I think I'm gonna have to book a vacation. Well, we're gonna be telling you about a special case for an ebook reader that charges and gives you one extra day battery life with just one hour of reading on the beach. I'm kind of pasty white right about now, so uh, I think I'm gonna have to book that vacation. All right, Facebook, they're feeling a little bit of responsibility for people who are posting suicidal thoughts, and they're gonna be doing something about it. We'll tell you about that coming up in just a few minutes. And lastly, shut off your computer. Not right now, but if you're gonna be downloading uh, a hacked version of on iOS this weekend, we're gonna tell you which one it could be and uh, how you can protect yourself. These stories are coming up in just a few seconds, so stick around. Hi, I'm Robbie Ferguson, and I love being a Vimeo Pro member. As a web broadcaster, I need an affordable video hosting platform that's as flexible as me. A pro membership lets you upload up to 20 gigabytes of HD video each and every week with no additional bandwidth restrictions. That means if you produce a show that uses even up to 20 gigabytes of storage, your limit resets itself the following week, so you can do another 20 gigabytes. And keep doing that week after week. Now, Category 5, with all of our shows, use roughly 10 gigabytes per week. From there, Vimeo automatically generates all the files that you need to provision your RSS feeds, Roku channel, website media player, or even video downloads in multiple bit rates, with no limits on your bandwidth usage or how many people can access your files. What's best? The price is astonishingly affordable. And for a limited time, friends of the Category5.tv network will receive a whopping 25% off the annual price. All you have to do is go through our link, cat5.tv slash Vimeo, and sign up today for your 25% discount. To top it off, you get 30 days to try it risk-free. If you're not happy with Vimeo Pro, you pay nothing. The deal is only for a very limited time. Go to cat5.tv slash Vimeo. I'm Jeff Weston, and here are the top stories from the Fireside Category 5.tv newsroom, sponsored by the Man Cold. Have you got the Man Cold? I've got the Man Cold. Don't get the Man Cold. Proposals by mobile phone provider 3 intend to offer ad blockers that could have a negative impact on internet access, is what an advertising body has warned. 3 said the ad blocker it's planning to use could block up to 95% of banner and pop-up ads. The service will roll out this year, but the question is, Will it be free? Three said that their 8.8 million customers would be able to choose whether to activate the service, and they also told the BBC that it had not yet decided whether to charge for the feature or not. In a statement, the Internet Advertising Bureau, or the IAB, said that the proposal could impact the way web platforms are funded. Here's a quote. The IAB believes that ad-funded Internet is essential in providing revenue to publishers so they can continue to make their content, services, and applications widely available at little or no cost. We believe ad blocking undermines this approach and could mean customers have to pay for content they currently get for free. Here's the deal. I agree with them, because if you've got a service that is provided for free, like say, Category 5, we rely upon ads and all that kind of stuff to generate a little bit of revenue. If you block that stuff, we don't get revenue. It makes it much more difficult for us to bring this kind of programming to you free of charge. So this isn't a great idea. Three, you need to back off. A security system that's in use in more than 200 homes, uh, 200,000 homes, I should say, has an unfixable flaw. It sounds painful. This, allow, this flaw allows tech-savvy burglars to disable the alarm from as far away as a few hundred feet. The wireless home security system from Simply Safe is marketed as costing less than competing ones as it's easier to install and it doesn't use wires for components to communicate with each other. But according to Andrew Zonenberg, a researcher from the security firm IO Active, the system's keypad uses the same personal identification number with no encryption each time it sends a message to the main base station. That opens the system to what's known as a reply attack, in which an attacker records the authentication code sent, to the valid, sent by the valid keypad and then recycles it when sending rogue commands transmitted over the same frequency. Zonenberg wrote, wrote in a blog post published last Wednesday, Unfortunately, there's no easy workaround for the issue since the keypad happily sends unencrypted pins out to everyone listening. Normally, the vendor would fix the vulnerability in a new firmware version by adding cryptography to the protocol. However, this is not an option for the affected Simply Safe products because the microcontrollers in currently shipped hardware are one-time programmable. 
This means that field upgrades of existing systems are not possible. All existing keypads and base stations need to be replaced. This hack only costs about 250 bucks uh, to create a microcontroller, and with a few hundred lines of code, it would make it easy to communicate with a simply safe base station. With a one-time investment out of the way, an intruder would then be able to hide the device within a few hundred feet of the simply safe base station and wait for the owner to activate uh, or disable the alarm. The attacker could later replay the capture pin along with a deactivation command to prevent the alarm from sounding during a break-in. Simply Safe replied in the most utmost professional manner by brushing the vulnerability under the carpet, saying it was irrelevant. They said the majority of break-ins are quick forced entry and not the sophisticated type of attack that requires diligent planning. So basically what they're saying is, don't worry about it because most break-ins aren't by sophisticated break-in people. Burglars, they don't know what they're doing. Just ignore it. Great reply. Here's a neat idea. Paris-based Bookeen is working with SunPartner to create an e-reader cover fitted with invisible solar panels. The makers claim that just one hour of reading in good light conditions with the cover adds an extra day of battery life to the device. The cover was unveiled last year, but it's now on display at the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. It's made using a printed optical network combined with solar modules that recharge the e-book when exposed to sunlight. The cover will first be available for Bookeen's own Cybook Ocean eBook in early summer 2016 before rolling out to other vices. At this point, though, the innovative cover is not yet known to have a price. I think this is a great idea. I'm planning on taking vacation shortly. I would love something like this because if I'm sitting on the beach, I don't want to have to charge, you know, stop and go back to my room and charge my eBook reader. It's not fun. So I think this is awesome. Facebook. Facebook is at it again. They're rolling out a new feature across the UK to help users who are feeling suicidal. The suicide prevention tool has been developed in connection with the Samaritans. It aims to try and provide advice and support to those struggling to cope with, as well as the friends and family, of suicide. People can now report posts that they're worried about in a more direct way. Versions of the tool were launched in the US a year ago and in Australia in December. Facebook said in a statement, we have really strong sense of responsibility towards the safety of people who are on our platform. Here's how it works. People who see explicit threats of suicide are asked to call emergency services. Otherwise, people are asked to flag troubling content on Facebook. They then send this content onto a team who work around the clock reviewing posts. Suicidal posts are prioritized and help options are sent to those people on Facebook thinking they are struggling, uh, who are showing that they're struggling to cope. I've seen this kind of stuff on Facebook a few times. So somebody makes a comment and you're like, is that a joke or is there something to this? So I think this is a great idea. It's not often that I agree with changes that Facebook is making. Um, so in this case, I say, good job, Zuckerberg. All right. Let's get on to Linux. Hacked iOSs in particular. On Sunday, it was discovered that hackers created a modified Linux Mint ISO with, the back, with a backdoor in it and managed to hack their website to point to it. As far as the team knows, the only compromised version of Linux Mint, uh, the only compromised version was Linux Mint 17.3 Cinnamon Edition. The situation happened on Sunday and it was quickly detected and fixed, so it should only impact people who downloaded Linux Mint Edition on February 20th. If you still have the ISO file, you can check its MD5 signature against the correct ones and be sure to see if you're safe. And if not, we're going to recommend that you re-download and reinstall. Linux Mint warns in the notice, divide the ISO. If you burnt it to DVD, trash the disk. If you burnt it to USB, format the stick. Pretty self-explanatory. They go on to say that if you installed the ISO on a computer, put the computer offline, back up your personal data, reinstall the OS or format the partition, and change your passwords for websites, like, say, your email. Big thanks this week to Roy W. Nash and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us. If you found a news story that you'd like to send to us, you can email it to newsroom at category5.tv. For all your tech news with a slight Linux bias, visit category5.tv's newsroom at newsroom.category5.tv. From the Category 5 Fireside TV newsroom, sponsored by the man cold, I'm Jeff Weston. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Uh, I, I was able to, while Jeff was speaking there, I was able to reach up and grab the nice. teeny drone that was stuck in the light. Uh, I thought about asking you to get it for me, but... Um, 
Should we stand up? Yeah, let's do okay, it. Let's do it. Let's do a solid stand up. <laughs> You're standing, right? <laughs> oh, man. Just making fun of the good old vertical challenge. No, 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 no. Okay, so let's see if this thing still flies. All I did was just kind of... Oh, yeah, that's good. Look at the uh, the propeller and just make sure that it's not too crooked because sometimes if they get bent, then it might not fly right. But Oh, no, it's going to jab me in the eye. It will. Careful. <laughs> look at that. Still flies, folks. We are good. Good I'm not gonna. I'm not going to gun the, uh, the accelerator <laughs> this time. <laughs> and I think that was because uh, I haven't charged it in a while, and I fly it on every show oh, just for so a few seconds. But because you you do that, and it adds, you know, it starts to drain the battery, and uh, and there you have it. Well, hey, this is episode number four forty of Category Five Technology mm-hmm. TV. Are you new here? Send us an email live at Category Five TV. My name's Robbie, and I'm here uh, pretty much every week. <laughs> You never leaves. I'm just here every Tuesday night uh, to bring this show to you. And we, we don't try to be know-it-alls or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really just about having a nice time together, learning about some tech together. Sometimes, you know, I'm learning it along with you and making mistakes along the way. And, and, uh, but I have a lot of fun doing it. Um, Shelly De Silva is one of our volunteers as well, uh, who is uh, happy to, I'm sure, be here and, and mm-hmm. fill in on the, the co-host desk. It's nice to see you again. Nice to see All you right. guys. Should we jump right back into it? Now, there, there's one thing that yes. I have not done on that Raspberry Pi yet. I don't think we're going to have time for it tonight. Um, but you'll remember, I think it was episode number 433, hmm. where I taught how Maybe. to install CSF LFD. If we bring up category5.tv, let's do a real quick uh, a quick check just to see if I'm right about the episode number. Because this is really important. We talk about uh, making your device as secure as possible. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's head on over to the show. Um, and I'm going to go current season. If you're watching this in the future, it's season 9 that we're currently in. And so you want to go to season 9. And I'm talking about episode 433. Uh, so let's scroll down a bit. 433, yes, is where I talked about setting up CSF LFD. So it's really, really important that you secure your Raspberry Pi. Like right, I say, yeah. we're not going to have time to redo that again tonight. Mm-hmm. I will install that off the air because we already covered it on 433. Make sure you do that next, okay? And don't lock your own IP address out. Nope. Whitelist yourself. If you get blocked, and I did it, because mm-hmm. I forgot that I changed my Raspberry Pi password and I tried to get in from home, and, and so I got <laughs> locked out. Just know that initially, it's a temporary block. Okay. So if you wait an hour, you're going to get back in again. So it, don't be afraid. Um, and you can always connect um, to a TV. You can plug your Raspberry Pi into a TV or a monitor that has HDMI input or use an HDMI to DVI adapter, uh, which you can also get at cat5.tv slash pi. And then you can bring it up and you can go into the etc slash csf slash csf.deny file. Yeah, well, that's where you find it, and that's the deny list, so it shows all the IP addresses. Yep. And if you see one that's like 192.168.0.0, hundred. Well, you know that that's probably you. That's your internal network, right? Um, so you want to make sure that you whitelist yourself. You can do that in csf.allow. There you go. So you can follow the directions on episode number 433. Mm-hmm. But tonight we are going to get right back into our LAMP stack. I want to see if we can connect to the Apache or to the MySQL end of things. So we know that we've got Apache working because we can see it on our IP address. We know that PHP is working because we can execute a test file that we created that runs PHP info and shows us that we've got PHP 5.6.17-0. So that's all fantastic. But what we don't know yet is, hey, do we have the ability to connect to our MySQL server? So let's actually start testing that now. Are you familiar with MySQL at all, Shell? Nope. Okay, well, you, you're familiar with WordPress, mm-hmm. of course. Um, you're in graphic design, and you do a lot of um, that kind of 
stuff? Do you work with WordPress a lot, or yeah, just more of um, but not from modules. a programmatic yeah, not from a programmatic standpoint, but from no. a graphic design yes. and, and actually implementing stuff that someone else has programmed. Yeah, correct. Okay, so when you install WordPress, you probably take mm-hmm. for granted, okay, the the database has been provided by the sysadmin or something <laughs> yeah. like that, right? Um, so what we're doing is we're we are the sysadmin tonight. Oh, we are creating that database, but we're doing it through the terminal because mm-hmm. it's more fun. We could use PHP MyAdmin. That's great. Absolutely. Maybe we'll do that on a future episode. PHP MyAdmin is a package that you can install mm-hmm. on your Pi as well, just with sudo, uh, well, as super user, go mm-hmm. apt-get space install Neat. space PHP MyAdmin, and that will give you uh, a front end for MySQL. Oh, neat. We're going to do it through the terminal. So, we don't know yet if this works. So this is where we're taking a risk and saying, okay, well, we're going to hope that it works. So we're the super user right now, as you see. So we actually hit SU and then entered our password, which is super secure because, remember, root is our main uh, um, account that gives us access to everything. So let's try MySQL is the command to initiate um, the MySQL client. And we're going to say user root. And we're not saying root the Linux user. We're saying root the MySQL user that we configured when we first installed MySQL-server. Okay, remember that blue window that we entered in the password? So that's the root user we're talking about. Don't have the same root password as your actual root user. And then I put dash P, which means, hey, ask me for my password as soon as I hit enter. So if this works, are you ready, Shell? I'm nervous. Is it going to work? Enter password. That tells me it's... It's like you get to the gate. It's asking. (laughs) Okay, let's see. And... Did it work? I'm in. I'm in. (laughs) It worked. We're on the Raspberry Pi. MySQL. We've done it. In one hour and less. Yep. Less. Okay, so what are we going to do? Well, first of all, I don't want to be a, a root user when I am setting up my, my website, right? So let's actually create a user. So all caps, create user. Huh. You don't say. So let's call this one, uh, what do you want to call it? WordPress? Are we going to install WordPress at some point? Sure. All right, let's call this our WordPress database. Uh, WordPress. And you can put whatever you like there uh, as long as it's not create like it has to conform to uh, it'll warn you if you enter something too long or you can't have spaces and stuff like that in the database name okay so wordpress at localhost is what we want in there so don't forget that it's not an email address it's saying that's the user and that's the server create user wordpress at localhost which is this server and then we're gonna we need to uh do something with this we need to add a password right don't want people to be able to connect to this willy-nilly. So identified by, and then in apostrophes, they're going to work as our quotes, enter our passwords. So uh, we're going to, I'm just going to put this in just so you know, that's my password. That could be my big secure password. <laughs> Obviously, that is not what you enter in there. So everything up to the password is my command. In the quotes, you need something super secure, something that is your crazy password that nobody else will ever guess, okay? Remember that you're never going to have to enter this, really. Again? Well, because you're going to add it to WordPress, and then WordPress is going to do all the juggling of the database for you. Mm -hmm. So, And we're using that example again, right? Um, So it's important to make sure that that's super secure. Mm -hmm. I've seen people using a six-character password on MySQL, and it's like, no, (laughs) Make it 25 characters. Make it 30 or 64. Whoa. Because you're only going to ever need to enter it once. Mm-hmm. And then you're gonna, your, dat, your software is going to be making that connection. Mm-hmm. So make it something that nobody's ever going to guess. Crazy. All right? And by Crazy. no one, I mean scripts as well. Okay? So create user. Notice that I am logged into MySQL, okay? I'm not doing this in the terminal anymore. I'm doing this in MySQL. Create user. WordPress at localhost. WordPress is the name of the database. Localhost is the server. Identified by password. Okay. Now, if it worked, it should 
it should have it should let me in. It should work. Okay, so let's let's see if it did work. Create database uh, WP site, we'll call it. WordPress site, right? Oh, I think I, I forgot a semicolon. That's what it is. That's why it's there. Sorry. I should have put a, a semicolon right after the final apostrophe. Mm. My mistake. So it was asking me for more for go. that query. So the, the semicolon kind of ends the query. Okay. okay. So that's why I was getting a little, hey, why is it not taking me back to the MySQL prompt? So now I want to create the database. Now, now I've created the user, right? Create database. And we're going to call this one, what did I say? WP site semicolon enter query okay one row effective we've created a database well now we need to say hey we want that wordpress user to be able to access that because now the database is created only root can access it we do not want to use root to access it so we're going to connect the two things that we just created together so we're going to go grant all privileges check your spelling privileges on and then the name of the database, WP site, uh, dot star. And what that means is database is my, uh, uh, well, I typed it wrong. WP site, and the star means all tables. So any tables within that database, I'm going to have all privileges. And then we have to say to who? To, and we call them WordPress at localhost. And then again, we need to give our password identified, identified by, this is going to wrap to the next line, password, and it has to match, okay? Mm -hmm. Semicolon. Enter. Query okay. Good to go. Didn't affect any rows because we're just uh, connecting the user to that. Uh, now we need to save those changes by going flush privileges, semicolon. Query okay, good to go. Quit. Lowercase. Done. We've effectively effectively created a lamp stack. Are you poking fun? Do what I do. <laughs> we've created a lamp stack on our yeah. Raspberry Pi. We've got it up and running. We've got PHP running. We've got uh, MySQL running. Thing? Yeah, on that little thing. And uh, sorry, I know you can't see this on on the screen. I, I wanted to be careful about moving it during the show because yeah. if I accidentally bumped a cable or something, then that would be kind of nasty. So that's it. This is our, our web server ready to go. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that it has a 16 gig micro SD card in there, so it's got plenty of space for a basic website. Uh, we can use a USB external hard drive or flash drive SSD to expand that space, and it's probably a good idea because micro SD is not a very reliable medium. But we will be looking at, in a future episode, creating a backup set so that that is kept safe okay. because micro SD cards are bound to fail. Uh, Raspberry Pis, you know, if you don't have it plugged into a battery backup, a UPS, mm -hmm. it's going to power down if the power goes out and then power back up and it could corrupt that Ooh. micro SD card. You don't want that Sad. to happen. Yeah. Make sure you've got your Pi plugged into one of these cyber power things uh, that you'll find on our website, cat5.tv slash Pi, mm -hmm. plugged into a UPS. And it's perfect, a perfect uh, setup then uh, as far as your power goes. That battery backup will ensure that if the power drops, it keeps the Pi safe so that it doesn't power off and corrupt your, your file system. Very cool. important stuff. So this has been another episode of Category 5 Technology TV. Thanks for joining us tonight. You're right. We didn't get to the GIMP, eh? We didn't get to the GIMP. I know. But you know what? Aww. It's basically a continuation of yep. last week's uh, part of the series. I, I know. I'm sorry. That's all right. We'll, 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 I'll, I'll send you the video <laughs> next week. We'll cover it next week. There we go. Uh, that's all the time that we have. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry I didn't let you talk too much. Oh, I talked loads. <laughs> I think I talked more. I talked heard it's normal, more. though. The, the chat room there said that. Uh, that's normal. That Robbie just talks and talks <laughs> and talks. and I didn't say it. I know. The chat room. Thanks, chat room. Thanks a lot. I know. Well, I got things to teach. Yeah. I got things to do. You got stuff I got to things do. to, like, actually figure out. Yeah. And, sure. well, it's just, that's the way it goes. Mm -hmm. But I appreciate you being here. Oh, and thanks, thanks for, for pulling those questions from uh, from email. And if thanks you've for got, me, guys. if you have questions that you'd like to send to Shelly, uh, you can send those to live at category5.tv. Yep. Those will show up right here 
And then uh, when she's in, she can read those questions to me and I will do my best. Mm. Uh, and what are your specialties? Like, what could, what could people ask you about? Uh, Photoshop stuff, GIMP stuff. Uh, what else? WordPress stuff. But you can get the technical side of that. Yeah, nice. So, yeah. We should do that. We should plan a show where... I'll take care of the techie stuff. Maybe the next, maybe when we install WordPress on the Pi. Oh, neat. Maybe yeah. you could take care of setting up the template or something sure. like that. Why not? Does that sound fun? Let, Let us, us know. know. Yeah. Yep. Send us an email live at category5.tv. Thanks a lot, everyone. Thanks, Shelly. And thanks to you. We'll see you next week. Good night. See ya. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.